you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Are you pumped? I'm absolutely. I'm pumped to do. I'm always pumped to do talk, Catherine. Always. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've made it my job to just talk at people. <laughs> Got a mic in front of me, raring to go. Zero hours, Catherine Mather. Ow! Zero hours! Hello, and welcome to Zero Hours Podcast with me, Catherine Mather, where I talk to comedians and creators about the best and worst jobs that they've done to get by. Today, I'm joined by comedian, writer, and peer, Isabel Farrer. Hey! Hi! How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Uh, this is our second try at recording yep. this uh, because I won't name them, but we'll call them Slut Media. Uh, messed us around. Um, <laughs> I've got a good feeling about this time, Isabel. I have too. <laughs> <laughs> good. Uh, how, how have you been? What's new in Isabel world? Um, positive COVID contacts. So I am. Um, I'm not fully isolating, but I'm trying to be a little bit careful until I get a PCR test back, just to make sure. So yeah, it's a good excuse to be distant, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's quite nice to like, have a really good reason to be like, no, nah, I'm just going to stay in tonight. <laughs> like I should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do, do you hope that you've got it or not? No, I don't. I absolutely do not want it. Like, I'm quite lost. I I definitely had it last March because I have, as in March 2020, yeah. because my sense of smell has not come back since then. So I know I had it. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, shit. I didn't notice at the time. And it was before it was before losing your sense of smell was a thing. Right. So I didn't, like, I remember feeling a bit a bit off one day, but I just... I just thought I was a bit tired. Um, yeah. And um, I've not noticed, like then I didn't notice then, so I think I'm quite robust. I don't, I don't get ill that often, but I don't really want worse long COVID than losing a sense of smell. So, yeah, so how's, how's your sense thanks. of taste? Taste I still have. It's obviously a bit dulled, yeah. and I do like occasionally get a whiff of something. There's a few things I can, so I definitely smell garlic, but it's, it's like slightly skewed. It's not the same normal delicious garlicky smell <laughs> yeah. um and then occasionally I'll just get a whiff of something really strong and I'll be like oh hello but it's normally piss so ah. <laughs> get excited you know what I found that as well so I lost my sense of smell but mm. it, it's not a thing that you notice no quickly is it and feces was the first thing that I could smell back oh really yeah oh, really so cool. I smell fuss or poo or anything and so like it's one of those things where like I like someone said to me I made some chick several things with chickpeas in the other day and I was like sorry there's lots of chickpeas and and someone else goes oh god we're gonna be farting and I was like yep but I can't smell it so (laughs) no problem (laughs) Mm. yeah it's it's actually more it's the emotional like connection to smell that like having a coffee in the morning like Obviously, I really rely on it, and it's a definite crutch that I have. But like, just the action of smelling it before I drink it, I actually really miss. Yeah. And then walking into a kitchen of like food that someone else is cooking, and like, I, it's really weird. I, I know there is a smell; it's in my, I can feel it in my nose, but I'm, I can't. It's, it's like blank. It's really funny. 
Yeah, that's so on Saturday night, I went to a friend's house for dinner and I, I knew there was two trains. I, so I don't eat, I don't cook meat at home, but I'll eat it if someone else is cooking it for me, basically. Yeah. And I walked into the kitchen. I knew there was two trays of chicken in there and I was like, hoping <laughs> I'd be oh. able to just get a little smell of something to be like, oh, that'll make my mouth water. But it, it didn't, so nothing. Oh, well, hopefully the yeah. fact that you've got a few things that you can smell sometimes yeah. means that it won't be forever. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I mean, I also have this like scent training kit. It's like four different essential oils. Yeah. Um, And it sits by my bed ready for me to use every day. But I get up like in a, in a panic when I absolutely have to. Yeah. Um. And then when I go to bed, it's normally when I'm literally about to fall asleep and I'm dropping off on the sofa. So it's, it's never something that, oh, I'll just mindfully smell some essential oils before I go to sleep. Yeah. That's not yeah. my style. <laughs> no, I'll just never smell again. It's <laughs> <laughs> easier. I figure they'll make a pill for it at some point or yeah. it'll just be I'm like, when, when can I talk about it on stage is it funny yet like mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I always say I, I could have such lovely skin if I took care of it with the things that are literally by my bedside oh do you know what actually that's the thing in the last couple of years that I've been like oh do you know what I really need to start doing taking off my makeup before bed and using like moisturizers <laughs> and stuff and I think it's not this shit opens the mind about like all doing all of those things is like suddenly aging in your early 30s you're like whoa <laughs> I didn't used to look like this yeah I started noticing I know I definitely do that and I was like oh gosh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's time the grays as well yeah <laughs> I, I don't dye what I do now I don't, I don't dye my hair and I've went to the hairdresser and basically uh, I was like look tell me what to do I don't know what to do because also some of my friends dye their hair and it's like it's so un- so so expensive that I'm like this is not something I'm, I'm just going to embrace embrace growing grey going yeah. no hold on <laughs> going to, I just said it in grace like it was some kind of verb to like <laughs> embrace being grey em- embrace going grey like gracefully mm-hmm um and I went to the hairdresser and she was like you've only really got them at the front so you just need to maintain that bit and then she dyed my hair for 15 quid and she said to be honest you can probably do this at home and um I don't think it's not necessarily my forte but I think I'll be able to do that so I will. yeah yeah I think we should um, never go gray gracefully I think no I don't always. want to no, no. cling no. on to youth yeah, also I thought maybe I'd end up with like one like really like chic grey streak in front of my hair. <gasps> you know, like quite a lot of Mediterranean women do end up with that. But um yeah. uh it wasn't, it was just a few straggly greys and it just looked shit. So I was like, nah. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Um it's not chic. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm dying it. Bye bye. Yeah. For a while longer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, under my uh, six pound uh, box die, I'm definitely grey. But really, oh yeah, uh, almost certainly. But we'll never know. No, um, and why should you? Yeah, I don't want to know. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Yeah, so yeah. Um, 
I feel like uh, 10 minutes, it, almost 10 minutes into the podcast, should probably, um, you know, get down to what the people paid for. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. By the people, I mean uh, me. Um, <laughs> to, to host this. Um, what, what's your worst job been? Um, can I have two? And I'll be very brief about both of them. Oh, my God. We've got so long. This is your time to shine. Um, So one was a call centre, which was for a ticketing agency. It was inbound calls only. So it wasn't so much the people on the phone that were annoying, though they were. Um, (laughs) But it was more management. Right. Um, And we were talking about this on Saturday. And and I remembered that I walked past that building after I'd finished working there and referred to it as hell. Yeah. And then um and then one day I walked past it and it was being knocked down and I was like, Oh my god, my dreams have come true. Yes. <laughs> but why is that woman that woman crying and screaming, fuck you? <laughs> A derelict building. <laughs> and then I um as I was talking about this on Saturday, I remembered somewhere that I'd blocked out, which was a legal publishing firm. where I was in the data entry team. Yeah. Which aside from being like like really like diet like so so boring um we also had um again it was management I think I'm sure that both of these are my issues with authority (laughs) (laughs) but we'll talk about them anyway (laughs) (laughs) what you didn't like being managed no I didn't (laughs) just because you pay my wage (laughs) (laughs) you can't sell tell me what to do or where to be yes we can okay <laughs> so shall we begin with the call center yeah, go on. yeah so if they were inbound calls yeah that would suggest that people wanted to be called and have that discussion so they were calling to buy tickets to um a range of things so m- lots of theater shows they had lots of like t- big receiving houses in god that was a thespian i'm sorry big theaters <laughs> in like town like towns and cities across the UK yeah. and um, touring musicals mainly would go there and occasionally they'd be like plays and things but normally it was like um, like West Side Story or uh, Priscilla Queen of the Desert or whatever yeah um, and then also some comedians though some comedians have said they won't gig there anymore um, or gig like for those ticketing for those places <sighs> because of the ticket fees and I know who it is if you're in the industry yeah but basically um so I think firstly a lot of people would call these the number and it'd be like a local number so if you lived in uh Sunderland you'd call a Sunderland number and I'd see it was a a theatre in Sunderland and I'd go good morning welcome to blah blah tickets Isabel speaking how can I help you Uh, blah blah tickets on behalf of the Sunderland whatever um Isabel speaking how can I how can I help um and then they'd they'd be expecting to hear someone with their local accent selling tickets for their local theater in the box office which is fair yeah um and then what's painful that you'd get like people asking they'd be like yeah I want to take my kids to see the panto and say all my grandchildren to see the panto I remember this conversation quite clearly happening a few times and they'd be like I want to you know so I've got nine grandchildren um, me and my wife are pensioners and we want to take them all to watch the panto on Saturday the 19th of December at 3pm and you go okay sure 
And they go, we want nice tickets. And you go, yep, oh, absolutely. And you'd give them like non-restricted view, basic ticket price, and it would be like 30 quid ahead for a concession yeah. ticket. Or there weren't concession tickets because it's the popular Saturday afternoon. Yeah. And you could just hear this person just like their heart crumple because they'd be like, well, that's 11 tickets at 30 quid ahead. It's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. And then on top of that, at the end of it, you, at the very end, and you wouldn't warn them beforehand because that was not in the rules, you, you'd then be like, there's a £3.90 per ticket uh, booking fee and a £4 transaction charge. And as I'd say that, I could feel myself cringing at my own voice, like coming out, like, because that's just a huge amount of money. Like, yeah, when you're buying 11 tickets, it is exactly, as well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, so firstly, like I'm aware that theatres need to make money and all of those things, but mm. and, and it's it's an, you know it's an expensive business, but like you just feel like such a twat on the phone telling on in Sunderland, and you'd be like, yeah, and they're like, are you actually in the theatre? And I'd be like, no, I'm not. They're like, where are you? And you're like, in London. I'd be like, oh god. They are. What's wrong with this world, bloody Londoners? (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah. And I can see what because they're probably like, well, why is this person in London being paid London? And this is probably fair, being paid a London wage to buy a ticket to a theatre in London, and suddenly the prices have been hiked from when I, from when I left five years ago, which is, you know, like a, that's a question, isn't it? Well, yeah, fair criticism. But we um. So it was partly, and also, we had like an amount of money that we had to make per hour on the phone. And right. um, I was once told, um, so I got quite like a, a meeting, and she was like, "Yeah, you're." It was like a, just a progress meeting, like, "How are you doing?" Like, let's see, whatever. And in general, I was quite because I, I, we did get free tickets to go to see things, and so I went as much as I could because I was like, "Well, I'm." and it's good to go and see what's going on in London like you know who's casting what and who's what's being made and um so I'd go and watch things and I knew the theatres quite well as a result so I'd be like oh like I I knew I knew what the shows looked like and I'd be like oh it's just a small pillar that's a restricted view seat you could probably watch that and it won't be like too much of a hindrance Mm -hmm. um and um so I knew the theatres quite well and um and I knew the shows quite well but then I'd sometimes get um so once then I got audited and they'd go, they were like, yeah, you like, you're really knowledgeable on the phone. That's great. Um, your call times are low, so you don't spend two on the phone. Your aux times low, that's the time off the phone, as in going to the loo or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're, you, so you sell a good amount of memberships. You're hitting your target of memberships. But you're not making enough money per hour. <laughs> I just was really sarcastic yeah. and I turned around and I was like, yeah, you're right. I know. Do you want to give me a pay rise? She was like, <laughs> uh, 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 no, uh, no, it's like money for the company. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I got that. Like, sure. <laughs> and then she went through my stats and she was like, you're making, but I think the target is like £400 an hour or something. If it wasn't, like that seems, I think it was. Um, and I was probably averaging like £300 an hour. Yeah. And like yeah no well that's 25 percent too little and she was like yeah and I was like well and you're asking me to up my like return rate by 30 percent I don't know how I was this quick at maths like <laughs> you're asking me to up my return rate by 30 percent when all the rest of my scores are quite good and so I don't know how you're how you suggest I do that she's like well, you could try and sell some more snack boxes 
and a snack box was like like a goodie box or whatever it was like a glass of wine a program and a packet of minstrels yeah. for 15 pounds oh my god and was I, that I, like across the board was that like was that was some yeah. bastard in Sunderland I think there probably was <laughs> I think the snack boxes were standard oh, um god. but yeah exactly and I <laughs> but even in London yeah, even a in glass London. of wine program and some minstrels for fifteen quid. You can fuck off. Like, no way. Not in the. Also, I know what that wine tastes like. It's not good. Like no, and it's in a um, plastic cup, and you can't take it no. to your feet. <laughs> no. Um. So, and I just, I would occasionally offer a snack box on a call. I'd just be like, "Would you like a snack box? It's fifty And I'd say it's so blank, like so blank faced <laughs> that like it left someone very capable of just saying no. So that yeah. it wasn't, wasn't awkward for me or them. I'd just be like, um, would you like a snack box? It's £15 and in it you get a glass of wine, a programme and some minstrels. And people would just go, no. And i go, okay, cool, and move on. <laughs> and the thing they wanted me to like shove it a little bit harder down someone's throat and I'd be like, absolutely not. No way, <laughs> not doing it. No. I'll say it, if I have to say it on the phone, I will. But if I don't have to... Or if I don't have to like sugarcoat it, not doing it. No. So like, you were talking about memberships. What? Yeah. What, what, what's a membership? A membership. Well, yeah. Tell me. A membership is thirty pounds <laughs> a year, um, and you get um, access to advanced uh, sales, so you get tickets uh, before the general public. Um, okay. You get a discount on some tickets, and you would get ten percent off at the bar. And um, you get a little card, a little red card to put in your wallet. Oh, you so nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, and you didn't pay the booking fees, actually, which is, like, I guess, quite critical. But I had to yeah. sell two per hour. Right. Um, which, if you ended up with a lot of London calls, you, it was quite easy because you'd get people who really, who often just quite liked going to the theatre and they'd, like they'd be like okay well you're going I'd say look you're going quite a bit this probably will save you a bit of money every year yeah and you'd offer it to them and then I just my my instinct is always never to like push it but just give them the information and then they might not buy it from you that day but they might buy it in the future and like whatever like someone on my pound commission but um but just never shove it down anyone's throat and if someone says no never ever push it but they'd be like again like you just get people listening to your calls and they'd be like I think you probably could have made that sale and I'm like well I could have done and it would have made me like the extra pound but like what uh, it's just not a natural I, I if someone said no <laughs> it's an issue of consent um yeah if said no and they've said I've got a firm no you don't just like carry on like being like I, unless they're actually going to make like uh, save money on that sale, I'm just never going to like push it. So, yeah, um, yeah. and um, uh, yeah, they used to. So they'd have like a, they'd, like you'd have like a view on on like a board of like who had like made the most sales. Yeah, and there was a couple of people who consistently made like like kept on getting like top three or top two. And I generally did like all right, but I was, I think I was seen as a bit of a troublemaker. <laughs> nice. I'm, I'm, like, I'm so what, proud just, of you. 
and also like I'm never it's not like I'm walking around like being an like an actual dick to people but like I'm not I won't take shit from management did you walk around in a leather jacket and sunglasses (laughs) (laughs) chewing gum oh uh yeah (laughs) that was me I looked cool um I uh, once got I once got up we did so like if you're doing like an eight hour shift you'd get one 15 minute break in the middle of that yeah that's not enough time to go to a break room sit Mm. down eat piss and go back yep I think you might have got half an hour possibly like or if you were on a seven hour shift it was it was a 15 minute break right it wasn't like nothing significant at all um it was like the like statutory minimum um and so I once got up I think I was started at nine and I was probably working through to 15 um and I went to go and get some water at like half nine just because I probably wasn't fully awake yet and you're like okay I've got a long way to go until my break (laughs) up or something so I'm just gonna go and get some water and as I walked into the kitchen put my my cup under the water filter someone came in and was like um Isabel excuse me you are not on your break yet what the fuck (laughs) And I was like, literally, like, could feel myself like going like quite like red with anger. And I was like, slow mo turned around and was like, I know I'm not on my break. I'm just getting a water. She was like, Yeah, I know, but you should only really do that on your break. And I was like, But there wasn't even anyone in there that I was like, I don't think there was anyone in there. So I couldn't have been like going in there to be like social or whatever. I was literally pouring myself a glass of water. And you sit back down again and then you're just like fuming like and it, how can you then be friendly on the phone when someone's been like uh no Isabel you are not allowed to get up and get a glass of water at half past nine thank you like <laughs> that uh, is oh, um, how dare then, you yeah and also like there's only so so much talking on the phone you can do without water and like yeah I should have maybe got in like five minutes earlier to get some water or whatever but like that there's nothing that says you shouldn't do that anyway whatever yeah, and um, also, and then like, it's exhausting to... isn't it talking to people it is and yeah um you know like it, it's a basic human right <laughs> to, to be allowed water <laughs> you know they have to provide that to you because you'll die if you don't and I think it. also like I'm sure there was a bit of pissing about a lot of the time and like, I, I genuinely I used to turn up doing my work and fuck off like I didn't I wasn't really there to make friends like a I know some people who were doing been there for longer and they'd been like uh, for some people it was their career like it was where they worked um but I kind of was like right I'm I just finished doing like three theatre jobs back to back like acting jobs back to back and so I was like well I'm gonna be here for about three months before you know the RSC picks me up (laughs) lol that that didn't happen um (laughs) but um so I was a bit like I just need to come in here like earn some money and then I'll get an acting job soon yeah um but I yeah um it was when I was like in my early to mid 20s and I used to turn up sometimes I was a real trooper back then I, if I'd home at four in the morning and I'd been at a party or whatever I'd still just at 7 45 I'm not been a bit earlier than that seven o'clock still just like get up like go, leave work I was still living at my parents house yeah leave for work and then off I would go into the call center and it was a point when um my uh a guy I dated at uni (laughs) 
used to go to the same tube station as me and so like one morning I bumped into him a bit hungover on my way into a call center and he had like a proper job and he was like oh I heard you're like you're like an actress now aren't you and I'm like yeah 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 and he goes oh cool you're going to an acting job and I'd be like no I'm going to work in a call center <laughs> I suppose we're all just acting all the time aren't we <laughs> <laughs> all the world's a stage <laughs> It's like, oh, oh I thought I, I heard you were in West End. I was like, yeah, I was. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I stay humble and all that shit. You know, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so then I'd still go in like on a on like three hours sleep and if that's a bit of a hangover. And if I was a bit tired, what I do, and someone recently told me that this is actually like a recommendation by like the health and safety executive. What I do is because I, sometimes I find myself like dropping off, like, but I can still talk and like hold conversations, but I don't remember exactly what's what's happened. Like tired. Yeah. So what I do to wake myself up, I either get a mint and some really cold water, and it would be like you jumped into cold water if you have those things at the same time, and your yeah. body goes like, oh god, I'm awake. Or I go. It was on the fourth floor, and so I yeah. go walk all the way to the bottom of the stairs. And then all the way back up again just to get my blood moving. Yeah. And I do that probably like once an hour, maybe a bit more often if I was really, really tired. And once I turned up a couple of days after a day when I'd done this, and um, one like one of the senior managers pulled me into an office, and I was like, "Hi," and he goes, "Hi, um, just need to check in with you as well because um." We had a look at your stats on Tuesday um, and it looked like you went to the toilet quite a lot. <laughs> okay. Is, is, there, is there anything wrong? And I was like, yeah, I had the shit. <laughs> nice. <laughs> just, like, <laughs> just watching this man, like, I think he thought he was going to have a bit of a gotcha moment with me. Like, what was Isabel doing in the toilet? Like, <laughs> Even if I did have like a drug habit, would I have been like, yeah, I was sitting there taking smack? Like, yeah. <laughs> and what? <laughs> was it the leather what jacket? What was I not supposed to be? <laughs> did the sunglasses indoors give it away? Oh, shit. I was looking conspicuous <laughs> as well, wasn't I? <laughs> That's um, so, because like, I mean, you, you could have IBS. You could have a heavy the first period. Day of my period, yeah, yeah. You could <laughs> like likely things. Yeah, there are so many. You could have morning sickness and just not have yeah. told anybody. There are so many reasons. You could be hungover and tired. Yeah, <laughs> there's so many <laughs> things. Or it could have literally just been like getting up to do like a health and safety executive recommended walk when you're looking at a screen all day like yeah anyway um someone I think later I think I told that story and they were like oh you need to join back to the theatre workers union yeah. and then if you've ever got a conversation like that as soon as they start to be like oh I can't I don't want to talk about this until um until my my um my union's present I need a representative yeah yeah um because that was the other thing I once in I think in the January I had flu and like genuine flu never, it was the first time I'd ever had like oh I'm actually like ill with it's not just a bad cold I was like oh shit, no I can't get out of bed and um I think I was off work for like three days but I think 
think I was doing, I think that was just went how my shift pattern worked that week. And then I was still ill for the days after, but you only have to self-certify, you can self-certify up to three days. And mm-hmm. after that, you need a doctor's notes. So I didn't need one. But then at the end of the month, they called me and they were like, no, oh, Isabel, you, uh, you were off work for illness too much this month. And you were like, what? what? <laughs> you were off once. <laughs> Yeah, too much yeah, once with one one illness what like, and I, I think I did I think I was like I think I need to speak to a union and I think I need a union rep present and they just didn't even take it any further after that but like you suddenly realize like how much someone's intimidating you and it's like not being not being ill yeah. and I, because my mum my mum's a nurse and so she's very much like if you're ill you're ill don't go to work don't spread flu around a call center um but also if I wasn't ill and I was just hungover she'd be like Isabel you got up you got in at four I know but you need to go to work (laughs) you can decide management like you can have me in the office getting up once an hour to keep myself awake or (laughs) or not (laughs) ill um so yeah it was just um I think definitely also like part of it was um I'd just done like three theatre jobs and I just, I just said like, just done three theatre jobs back to back. And I was a bit like, it was my first year out of drama school. And I was like, well, this is, this is nice. Yeah. And um, and then you're like, okay, I need a, I need a job. Like, okay, what do I do? And I remember seeing it recruiting and like, okay, well, you know, all actors work in a call centre at some point. So this will be my two months. Yeah. <laughs> two years later, I was like, right. <laughs> How many managed to stay that long? Um, I think it was just under two years. No, I think it was maybe March 2014. I think I started in September 2012. I was there till March 2014. That's some good sticking power. I had like bits and pieces of filming in between times. Like totally like that was my only thing that I was doing. Yeah. Um, And then, um, yeah. It, you know and also I guess there's a ticket perk you're like well I can just basically see whatever I want in that time but I remember yeah. when I left like I, I basically left I'd started getting temp work again and I'd done temping before I'd gone to drama school but with temp agencies it's a bit like if you don't um if you like drop off their radar they never contact you again yeah and you have to like badgering them and being like hi I'm available for work hello um and I'd started to get more work and I was basically like I'm gonna have to leave this job because I can't um I'm not getting I can't take take temp work because it's getting in the way yeah um so that's basically what I did but I remember being like it being a bit of a jump when I was like hi I'm I'm handing in my notice and then being like okay fine bye and um then I'd be like oh shit like now I've got to like keep badgering the temp agencies because I don't have this to fall back on yeah it was um quite a funny yeah um, yeah so that was my two years in hell number two. Oh god I was thinking and it, it's kind of so do you think that sort of as performers there's the whole uh kind of thing that you you have to suffer for your art and do you think that that is the reason why so many performers ha- do stick with these shit jobs for so long? Um I um, I think finding something so I one of the things that I did like about that and about uh, in other jobs which have been like 
very unflexible, but like supposedly quite good for performers or uh, essentially because they don't need much entry qualifications mm-hmm. um, is that if you're around other performers, there isn't, there is a sense of camaraderie that I do really, really love. And yeah. like, I remember speaking to one girl who sat, who I sat next to quite a bit. I don't even remember her name, but like she was auditioning for drama school at the time. And I remember like, she was like, oh, I've, got, I've actually just got into central. And I remember being like, Oh my God, congrats. Like, that's amazing. Or like, one guy who worked there had like got into Priscilla Queen of the Desert and so he was yeah. selling a show that he was going to be in. <laughs> wow. Um, and I think, oh, I don't know. One, I, it, it, if I could do something more interesting and it not be any headspace, I would. Yeah. Anything that seems more interesting seems to require me to put quite a lot of effort in and I don't have any more effort yeah to put in anywhere <laughs> except my creative career like I've got I I don't want to do anything I'm just like please give me a minus task yeah not totally mindless I like I like having like some autonomy but I don't like the thought of oh I don't know something inspiring like I'm just like, oh, you, you're going to need me to use my brain, aren't you? And I don't know if I've got a brain anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess there is a bit of that suffering thing, but also uh, it's just the um, line of least resistance. Yeah. Like, and I suppose, like you were saying, if you've got other stuff going on, then you're like, well, this is, you're not looking to build a career because you are building a career. Yeah there i yeah i so i nearly i won't talk about this job today but like i i nearly gave up everything like performing and writing comedy everything in 2018 i wasn't sure yeah. um, and i took a permanent job for it and um it took up a lot of my headspace yeah um and there was elements about it that i really enjoyed but i do remember thinking on about day three i was like oh no this is still just an office job like yeah for all of the perks and all of the like oh this might be more fun and like more fun people who are a bit more like you you're still like ah, nah no thanks like not long term not forever yeah it's um it would be so much easier wouldn't it <laughs> oh yeah and like I forget I kind of forgot about just little things about when I when I left that last job like about being permanently employed and knowing how much money you've got coming in on what day of what month of every month and Mm. free coffee um (laughs) I had health insurance of my old job I didn't use it that much but like it was there um there are some like just really comfy perks that you're like okay sure we had snacks in my old office like quite a lot of snacks yeah Um, those those little things that you're like oh that's actually it, it's very easy to get comfortable in there um yeah but uh and I can see why but then I maybe that suffering thing and that's not that I'm saying this is like a virtue but like if I don't like if my day job's not comfortable I'm like okay well you better you know how to make this better not need it anymore yeah yeah, it lights a fire under you, I suppose. Yeah, when it? Oh, it does, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 100%, yeah. 
<laughs> so you said you had another horrible did, yeah. job. So I'd actually forgotten about this and I clearly blanked it out. Um, oh, no, was, I'm so yeah, sorry. I'm bring not, it back. <laughs> again, it's like, I'm sure in the grand scheme of things, like I wasn't like stood outside. So I did used to hand out flyers for TFL, which was also quite bad. But, um, oh, no, transport <laughs> but, for <laughs> Leeds. <transport> for Liverpool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um, I once turned up to that job without my TFL um, branded baseball cap and my manager yeah. was like have you got your baseball cap and I was like yeah, yeah it's in my bag and then I walked off and about 10 minutes later she was clearly spying on us and she was like <laughs> well please put your baseball cap on and I was like oh, god um anyway but uh, the other place I used to refer to as hell was a legal publishing firm and I uh, when I just finished drama school in 2011 um I <laughs> basically was at very end of my overdraft yeah and I had like zero pounds zero pence but I had a travel card <laughs> so I was like because sometimes my friends would be like is well you're coming out and I'd be like nah they'd be like I'll go on come out and I'd be like nah and like, I'll go on come out and I'd be like look guys I've got a travel card I can turn up I cannot buy a drink <laughs> don't worry it's in zone so two couple of, couple of, <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> because no, my parents live in zone four so I was like oh, okay, okay but I can go anywhere <laughs> um so I uh so it's occasionally I had like a couple of friends being like do we'll buy you a drink and I'd be like okay fine um but then one friend was like oh my office is recruiting for some people to do data entry and I was like cool okay I'll do that went in did the interview and um I should have had like a moment in the interview where so the CEO of the company interviewed me, even though I was like, honestly, the most junior person, but apparently it's because he's really, really micromanaging. Oh, no. Um, and then he had this assistant whose job title was non-existent. Like it was just like, a, it's just this weird guy that everyone was scared of. Right. Um, and as I was waiting for my interview, the assistant guy who was in his probably 40s or 50s, yeah made a bit of a joke it was the, the week after all those kids got killed in Norway oh god yeah that was and he he made a joke about it oh. <laughs> and you're like um okay oh no <laughs> um but I got like I got the job like it was eight pounds an hour or something and I I was just like I just need like I've just graduated from drama school I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with my life I'm just gonna go do this and then who knows what will happen yeah you know Spielberg might call me next week and then I'll I'll fuck off to LA yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then um, I'm just waiting for you know my regular role on a BBC thing for me to turn down and be like sorry I'm a theatre actress um but so I started and it was so quiet and I have material about this. I just remember also at drama school, you're noisy all the time. Everyone's noisy. You just make noise, yeah. you're chatty. And you have to be quiet in some classes. But in general, like noise is fine. Yeah. And I sneeze really loudly. And I'm, I just remember every time I sneezed, I'd, I'd sneeze. And the whole floor, because it was open plan, mm-hmm. would turn around and look at me. <laughs> and because I was used to like being a bit of a thesp. I'd be like, oh, sorry, just me. <laughs> which made it worse the whole room's like who's that loud sneezer oh she's a twat as well oh god (laughs) while I've got your attention Um, are we doing secret center this year guys (laughs) and um so it was me I think maybe eight other actors on there on the tape on the data team and all what we have to do is go 
through um, all of the data that people in the whole company had collected right and then input it and like basically add in the find the address online and add it in yeah so if they put the name and the country and any bit of information then you'd have to find the rest of the information to like make the data like a full record yeah it was like mind-numbing it was so so (laughs) mind-numbing and like I find stuff like that unbearable and like I have to be quiet for a full eight hours in a day and just like the numbers start swimming in front of my eyes yeah and so what I do was like I basically started this thing at like 2 30 or 3 o'clock I'd be like okay um we either all did the the guardian quick crossword yeah and I did it like you could team up in pairs or a race to be like right who can do it all the quickest yeah or I'd set the data team like a little challenge like write a haiku about the weather or (laughs) make a sculpture from some (laughs) post-its which is just a way of like like keeping people happy or like yeah. just breaking up the afternoon a little bit I, don't know. I just was like I th- it's not the end of the world like okay there's about 10 minutes where we're not doing any work but to be honest it's not we're not killing anyone yeah and um then one Monday we turned up and so we did know this but like all all of our emails were monitored right and the assistant guy who made the joke used to actually read everyone's emails to each other oh god so much so that he discovered that two people were in a relationship (gasps) and he outed them (laughs) from their emails (laughs) so we all knew this and apparently they took a screenshot of our screens every five seconds and he just could like peruse them at his liberty yeah so we came in one Monday and found that the Guardian quick crossword had been blocked but only for the data team (laughs) that's such an achievement (laughs) (laughs) and so I'd be like oh we can't do that anymore that's that's no fun like and then I checked and I was like I said to my friend who also worked there and I was like dude have you can you check the Guardian quick crossword she was like yeah and I was like oh and I was like oh wow he has he's done that like literally just to us so that we can't do it again and I was like um and then he uh I think I got did I get called and he was like what's this poem thing you do and I was like oh just (laughs) just trying to like create like a team spirit thing in the (laughs) afternoon no like (laughs) (laughs) Oh. <laughs> I think I'd um I'd been asked to do some like PA work because I'd done it before I did quite a bit when like in summers when I was at uni yeah. and um so some, someone like senior had been like hey um seen you've worked as a PA before just seen your CV I need like basically half a day a week of someone doing bits and pieces for me and I was like yeah yeah sure and she goes um we can't really let people know because um uh the moment that's not like the role's not been approved but so you'd be working on the same rate and I was like yeah that's fine like I just didn't really think much of it and then about a week later um I think she got disciplined she was like she was quite senior I think she got disciplined for it and um I was told that like 
shouldn't basically I don't remember how it was told but it was like no you shouldn't you need to stay in your lane you can't you're not above this job and I was a bit like okay oh my the fuck <laughs> I know um <laughs> and then um one of so I had I had two friends who worked there and one of them um handed in a notice because she got offered another job yeah and she um as soon as she was hand, she'd handed in a notice she she was so rude we had this like <laughs> every day me and a few people were in this like group email it was before there was ims or anything like so there's no like slack or like instant messaging yeah and so we just have this reply all to emails and um she just went off she was like she'd gone rogue and then <laughs> if you said anything about certain people she'd be like well he's an absolute cunt isn't he <laughs> <laughs> the rest of us would be like stop that like we don't want to lose our jobs <laughs> um but also yes <laughs> yeah um so it's just like now I'm always a bit like funny about uh watching like on any office job and I'm aware that like basically people can read anything you put on a work computer but I remember being like do they not take screenshots every five seconds of what you're doing and people be like no no one's got time for that shit (laughs) yeah it's a really like real genuine sense of like big brother is watching you yeah (laughs) that's such a uh that says that when they're like we want absolutely the everything from you yeah but also you know we want organized team building or like break up no. the day or do anything nice for you at all on no. our own terms and then punish you for doing it yourself it's yeah and I think particularly when you're doing anything that mundane like I think mm. whoever is managing really like if I ever went back to an office where this was happening I would be like you need to make sure that anyone doing anything that mundane just gets up once an hour. It takes five minutes. Yeah, have a task. Like, there's just no, or, you know, some way of breaking up the day because your head can't work like that. No. I don't know, maybe some people can, like... Yeah, I um, mean, if it's something you're interested in, sure, but not that. No one's interested in, like, adding in addresses for someone, like... (laughs) That's my true yeah. passion in um, life. Googling addresses. Yeah. <laughs> so I was born to do. <laughs> it was just a really strange because it's also like it's quite a well-known company. And I think they've just got a bit of a um monopoly on like a certain area of what they do. And um right. so sometimes it, like people will mention it and I'll be like, Oh, I used to work there. And they're like, Really? And I'm like, Yeah, don't ask. <laughs> 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 so how long were you in that job for I think it was probably for about five months okay that's quite a long time then still yeah again like you can put up with a lot when you're like Do you know what this is this is get me out my overdraft well yeah yeah True. um I think I got again some temp work or something that was like okay I can't I can't keep both of these things up and that one like I think that I remember being this must have been it must have been just over minimum wage back then and yeah. um, to be in zone one on just over minimum wage is really tight like yeah money wise you know like if you're traveling in on the tube every day which I think yeah. I probably would have been I find um, it insane that uh 
minimum wage and London living wage are not the same thing. No, I know. Because like it, minimum wage it's is about two pound less than what they think you need to earn in order to just live, to not live. thrive, <laughs> just yeah. just exist. In and London. London, I don't remember how much London living wage is anymore. Like, um, it's like ten pounds something. But yeah, that's nothing. Like that's no. so little. Yeah. Like uh, here, certainly. In London. Like it's not. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Um. Yeah. So two two places. I I think I work best when I've got like a number of tasks to do in a, te- a day, and someone goes, "Yep, yeah, sure, you're going to do those," and I say, "Yeah," and then I I get them done, but no one's like nannying me yeah no one's taking <laughs> screenshots every five seconds and telling no. you, you can't have water hydrated on my linkedin profile it probably says yeah we'll do absolutely any of these things <laughs> so, well i feel like um you know we, we've had a couple of depressing jobs um what what's yeah. your best job been oh so this is one of the weird things so when a couple of quite a few of my friends from uni have got very like normal lives and um but uh and probably people I don't see that much anymore but like a few people have been like "Mm, you carry on with this and I'm like yeah when it's like when jobs are when you're doing like temp work you're like yeah it's a bit dire but when it's good it's amazing yeah like um so I took my show to Edinburgh this summer which is probably the best summer of my life really yeah um, and it's a very good show as well oh I thank you enjoyed <laughs> it. I paid Catherine to say that um, <laughs> I paid her a lot of money <laughs> um yeah so I my show I had ready for before the pandemic so it was rehearsed and like booked to do vault festival in March 2020 and then it uh that was in lockdown week and so it got pulled in lockdown week and I've been working on it for 18 months Mm. it was like a real like labor of love and like I am inherently unsure of like whether my work is good or not until someone's really definitely confirmed it so I wasn't sure even back in March I was like yeah I think it's a good show but like most of the people have told me it's good are my friends and family so um and then in July 2021 so I did it a couple of times last year and it went quite well and I got an agent off the back of it which probably should have been proof that it was good (laughs) but um and then I did it uh I managed to get it well I applied to do it at Southwark Playhouse which is like quite a nice west end no it's a fringe theatre in London or like off west end um in July um and then my agent was like I think we should take it to Edinburgh and I was like nah Edinburgh's not happening is it um and then Edinburgh very much was happening and all of a sudden I've been given a venue that was like 80 seats distanced yeah and I was like oh I can't I had a meltdown I was like it's too big I can't sell a room that big like this is ridiculous no one no one knows who I am um can I can we not find a smaller room yeah and my agent was like Isabel it's not about it's not about making money, about breaking even. It's not about selling out. It's about being reviewed. You just need to be reviewed because mm-hmm. people don't know who you are. And I was like, 
it's definitely about breaking even. <laughs> yeah. It's not like, about no, 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 that's not <laughs> I don't, I'm afraid it's it's not it's not about it's definitely not about losing money. Like Yeah, that's um, like that. <laughs> please, like um and then uh got up there and uh it I think what's it performance four I sold seventy four of eighty seats. Oh that's like, so good. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah like, oh oh <laughs> and then also you're like I don't I don't know anyone in this audience <laughs> yeah I know this is gonna sound like I've had to like at, at every point when I've done it before I feel like I've sold every seat like I've messaged people in this really awful cringe I think I must have done this to you last year cringe cringe moment where I've messaged people that I haven't seen for a while and be like hey how are you hope you're having an awful pandemic like I am slash nice one um I've got my show on I think you might like it here's the ticket link and like, I'm not offering you a free one I'm just saying yeah. I, like, which I find unbearable I hope I never have to do that again of course I'm gonna have to do it again. who am I kidding anyway um but I was like there's seven more people in this room who've come to watch my show off the back of some nice reviews I don't know any of them like I don't know a single person in there and then that was a Friday and then Saturday I sold out about four hours before I went up yeah and then Sunday again sold out and then on the Monday they were like yeah we're upping your capacity because the, the restrictions relaxed in Scotland and they were like we're upping your capacity to 100 and I was like okay sure yeah and then I think I sold 90 that day I was like yeah. well by by last week's measures I've I've overachieved yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> that's and amazing then at the end, I know and then at the end of the week they were like oh um we want to up capacity to 146 but some performers don't like seeing empty seats so we can take them away again for your performance and I just turned around I was like don't be silly like I can't see a thing don't bother yourself with removing seats on my behalf yeah. between two shows like that's too much work and I don't care yeah and I think I sold 115 on that Friday and then the Saturday which was my final performance and I actually ended up going back I sold 146 oh my god that's not bad so for the seat venue is it <laughs> no way yeah <laughs> and then I got a I think part of that was like the Friday before I left anyway. So then I went back for three more performances and that was great. And um but the day before I left the first time, um uh I got a review from I woke up and I got a review from the Daily Mail, which gave yeah. it four stars and said like put it to the top of your list. Yeah. And also called me a woke millennial for anyone who's judging the, the <laughs> newspaper. I would um, take that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> oh my also, god. Because woke millennial is an incredible pull quote for my next show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um and then Chortle, who I'd been a bit hesitant about pushing a review from them because I because it's not a purely stand up show. Yeah. And I didn't necessarily want it to be reviewed through a comedy lens. Yeah. Um gave it four stars and was very very nice about it yeah and they're um, particularly difficult to uh well yeah difficult please. to please yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know what I don't like doing is trying to please someone who's difficult to please I'm really happy yeah. with like just generally easy you know average to please people but anyone mm-hmm. who's difficult to please I'm like you don't need to be in a room with me like yeah um but yeah it I think partly having come from 
having come from training as like a classical actress and being like I will be a Shakespearean for the rest of my life and I might eventually transition to doing some really nice films and like serious things mm-hmm. um I think finding comedy has given me like a huge uh, I think it's really it, this is going to go very deep here Catherine it's given Please me permission do. to fail because I think um writing jokes and then not being funny uh, and then writing jokes and then finding the ones that are funny makes you more inclined to like fail and rework and retry and keep picking yourself back up again yeah and then also being able to do this show um and it be it's very personal like it's like to be have created something that meant a lot to a lot of people and that people really enjoyed and Mm -hmm. that critically made people laugh and cry um yeah (laughs) was just like honestly blew my mind like and and then it, it transferred to the Soho this in like two weeks ago so that that's like bucket list style yeah that's the dream isn't it yeah yeah and I like I had no absolutely no chill about that that week I was just like what the fuck what's going on oh my god what is going on with my life this is insane like and um yeah it just um the only like the, the only weird thing about it is I'm so I really I love being on stage with other people I really one of the things I love acting love acting for is that you've got someone else often not all the time but like you've got someone else in front of you and like creating something with someone else and like I definitely felt quite alone this summer because yeah. I didn't have I didn't have a producer there I wasn't up there with anyone I was staying with another comedian but like, he was doing like three shows a- <laughs> yeah. um uh so it's fun you can't really you you can't share it with anyone and that's what I find a bit funny as a comedian that like you don't come off stage when it's got gone well and like hug hug that last member yeah um uh, but yeah it yeah absolutely had the time of my life yeah it's uh I- I'm so happy that you know that show got oh, thank you. A, a, and you got all of that success because it really is a you know it's a beautiful show and it's uh you know just a lovely sort of um well I don't know I don't want to say I, any, you know anything without sort of ruining it but you know the subject matter yeah. is very you know it's personal and it's a, a a lovely uh piece of art you know for um those concerned so, uh, so basically it's about I say it's about uh performing oh, it's, oh god I don't even remember what my bloody quote is <laughs> it's about uh stand up about grief authenticity and punchlines yeah and so it's about grieving and like masking and um I guess a bit about Britishness as well and about like showing emotions or not um but yeah it um and when I first had the idea, I just remember being like, oh, this might be shit. You know, like, oh, this could be shit. I don't know. And I said it to two friends in the WhatsApp group. And um, one, they're, both, they're very different personalities. And one was like, oh, my God, that sounds amazing. Like, do it. Yes, can't wait to see it. Like, when are you going to When are you going to do it? Like, when's the, when's the work in progress? And the other was like, yeah, it might work, might not. You know, write it and see it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, it's been, um, and it, it took, I actually did um, the first scratch night of it 
three years ago this week. Yeah. So uh, obviously it's, I think also just recognising that, that like things take time and like, you know, not, it shouldn't take three years to get it from start to finish, but like obviously the whole, whole pandemic in the middle of that. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's just, I guess I'm, I'm aware of how much work, how many hours I put into that. And that, I guess that kind of sets a bit of a form for like, okay, that's how many hours you put into your next show. Or like, it might be a bit quicker because you, you know how to do it now. And I've obviously also the, the added benefit of like having someone else produce it as well now so that, yeah. Um, whereas before I was like writing all my own pitch documents and stuff and like not knowing, I really had no idea what to do with it. And yeah. When I first did it, I remember being like, I'm going to do this scratch night and then I'm going to try and take it to Edinburgh. But I don't like, how does that happen? Yeah. And um, Jenny Kastner and she, she is like, oh, as well, stop mentioning this. It's not, I didn't do anything. Jenny Kastner saw it at the scratch night and then she um, she offered to produce it for free. And so she oh, helped wow. me get a space to do a work in progress. Um, I ended up paying her a bit of money, not nothing huge, but like a little bit of money because I did a commercial in the meantime. And I was like, well, I can't have someone working for me for free. That's not, that's yeah. not in my nature. But um, uh, so she was like, right, you're doing a work in progress at 2 North Down on this date. This is the ticket link. Can you sell the tickets to your friends, please? Um, have you got a poster together? Um, right have you got a draft a final draft of the first like or a final copy of the first draft yep that looks good can you do it a little bit more like this so if, I, if she hadn't pushed me through that yeah I don't know if I'd have got my shit together yeah. and um that's why I, I think I'm really keen on like you know speaking talking to other comedians and if you know a bit more than them or you're a bit further along being like hey what you're doing is really good like let me know if you want a hand like knowing where to go next about new gigs or about Edinburgh or whatever just because yeah. it's it can feel quite isolating you know like not if you're in a normal job you have um like meetings with people about how to like development meetings like how to move up within the company and like mm-hmm. career meetings and look about you know how, what would you what would benefit you and how what would make you a better person in this job yeah and I think there's so there's not obviously there's no access to that as a comedian but like I think like definitely I really believe in pulling people up behind you like it's only and when I say people I mean not straight white men yeah <laughs> like, they've got they've got enough yeah there's enough <laughs> like, of them. Yeah. um yeah just because uh I think I feel like I've, I've really benefited from a few people giving me some very like sharp advice and I would want mm. to be able to offer that to other people as and when they wanted it not unsolicited <laughs> yeah not immediately <laughs> and after a gig yeah <laughs> but, I was just saying uh, Jenny Kastner was on this yeah. podcast oh was she um, yeah probably years ago now oh right <laughs> yeah she's um yeah she's she's great Jenny um, yeah yeah and that sounds uh like classic jenny behavior yeah um, and i'll really like in public if i'm a little bit drunk in the soho theater well which it happens more regularly than it should i'll be like jenny if i if i if it wasn't for jenny i would not have a career <laughs> i'd be nothing like stop it stop it and i'm like no no no, hold on we're going to tell a table of strangers next door hold on this is jenny kastner and without jenny kastner i wouldn't have a show i would not cry about it <laughs> <laughs> and um 
yeah also what you said about like helping people up I feel like um comedy is quite because I think I feel like comedy gets quite a bad press in and rightly so in some respects when the men are allowed to be involved but I find that like in the the sort of female community (laughs) or the the not male community rather uh it in comedy it's quite like I feel like it's it's actually very supportive and I know that's not everybody's experience um but I think it's um yeah it's I think it's really sweet and nice how it's not it doesn't feel as I feel like people view it as like a very competitive alpha kind of thing and I I think it's really nice that the women are like but we no we we don't want that actually we're gonna just like help each other and (laughs) I also just like I feel like I'm surrounded by so much talent yeah like I look around at some like not just live but like definitely live as well but like people who are doing like I've got stuff in development for TV or like writing a book as well or you know Mm -hmm. just really grafting and doing well and like I'm just I'm amazed by it like I'm just in awe of so many people and I think that's really like it's actually really inspiring yeah and it's exciting what a twat listen to me yeah it is yeah like it is isn't it yeah I'm so jealous of you you talented cunt well done (laughs) you keep shining on Instagram that they handed in the final draft of their pilot which a TV production company was going to run to channels and like how much of achievement that was and I was like yeah that is amazing like because also like just it just to be honest even just someone getting something getting something done like just getting a pilot because I mean I've, sometimes I find the emails that I end up sending I'm like make me anxious and I'm like oh my yeah. god just sending an email find feels like an absolute nightmare yeah so actually getting your pen metaphorical pen down paper and writing out a 30 minute pilot and making it good and not having a meltdown or not having so much of a meltdown that you never do it yeah it's a massive achievement I think yeah particularly when you consider uh, like people are doing this you're working yeah you know for to you're working uh, a job that makes most people too exhausted to do anything and then you're traveling to Birmingham and writing a pilot on the train and then performing yeah (laughs) and then getting up in the morning and going back out and then also sometimes those get the gigs out of London like I don't I do much better at gigs in London and um Mm. I did one in a in a town a couple of weeks ago um and I just remember walking on stage and being like god if this was my full-time life as in just gigging out of London to like rooms full of middle-aged men scowling at me um I don't know how much my self-esteem could take it but like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like I was getting laughs the whole way through but it was really I was work, having to work pretty hard and like there were a yeah. few men in the front row where I had to be like I'm going to keep eye contact with you for about much longer than feels comfortable because eventually <laughs> <laughs> that will make you laugh if nothing else will and make you back down <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah it's I think that definitely like someone was like god isn't it hard isn't that career really hard and I'm like 
what's harder is not doing it actually like I know that Mm. sounds like when I've had a job and I'm like one of them too stuck in one place yeah and then I'm like well what the fuck am I doing like do I even do this anymore um and then I'm like oh god I've really just become a drone that's when I'm like oh I've got no creative left in me that's Mm. when things have been really hard for me yeah that's when I've been at my worst one and that's when I'm I'm not even really enjoying comedy like I don't the first time I watched Stafflet's Flats was when I was in a I was in a permanent job I was not in the best place of my life and then also I had um I was producing ellipsis so I had basically taken a bit of a like foot off the gas with gigging because I was mm-hmm. like there's only so much I can get through in a day and gigging has to be the first thing that goes because otherwise the show's not going going anywhere yeah and I remember watching Stathlet's Flats, which on paper is right up my street, and just being like, what, what is this? It's not funny. Yeah. And I rewatched it last year and just found it like I could like couldn't stop giggling all the way through it. And I think it was partly just that your head's so so stuck in like being in a drone, drone, drone job that then you're like, I can't even I can't let my brain be at rest enough to even find something else funny yeah I don't know yeah I, that's what so when people are like oh it must be really hard like is there a point at which you'd give up and I think I'd, I've gone I've definitely got through that point like now I'm yeah like, no, no way like I'm not doing anything else now of course I'll, I think I'll I feel like I'll probably never say no to two weeks temp work if someone was like here it's going to be two weeks relatively low impact work in an office where you just have to go in and like manage someone's calendar and occasionally book them a flight or do their expenses and someone was like it's going to be solid money for two weeks I'd probably just be like yeah I'll do it like not <laughs> I'm not going to enjoy it but just because that that money's never going to be like never going to be not wanted like I think I feel like it's so precarious what we do. Like, yeah. If I can carry on just doing bits of temp work forever, I'll just be like, yeah, sure. All right. I think if anything... Either that. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll just be so wildly successful that I'll be like, it would be weird if I did that and I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I've been on TV enough that it would walk in and they'd be like, isn't that Isabel? <laughs> Hold on a minute. <laughs> just got to the semi-finals of Strictly Come Dancing (laughs) (laughs) but listen I said on a podcast I'd never say no (laughs) I'm humble (laughs) it'll never not be really good material (laughs) well if if anything the pandemic has proven that hasn't it you know that it's it's so precarious and it's such a shame I think because you know uh, I, I know that I'm very much preaching to the choir here, but you know, how would we have gotten through lockdown and this ongoing pandemic? Uh, I'm sure we've not seen the back of lockdowns yet without Netflix no. and telly and films and books and music and podcasts. You know, yeah. not necessarily this podcast, um, but <laughs> <laughs> I think people would have paid to not listen to it. But <laughs> A bitch mother again but um I think you know yeah like it it's not people act like it's uh worthless work until 
they don't seem to make the connection between, you know, fucking Squid Game has actors in it. (laughs) It's also like how much TV comedy, I think there's also that whole thing at the beginning of lockdown one where comedians weren't sure if they could apply for, or maybe it was comedy clubs couldn't necessarily apply for arts council stuff. Yeah, which is bullshit. Like how much TV comedy has come from comedians on the circuit yeah, because I mean, there's, it's you go through the stuff that's been made in the last five years, like Catherine Ryan's sitcom, yeah, Ashing B's sitcom, uh, Roshin Connerty's sitcom, um, you know, all of those have all come through the live circuit, yeah, as have half the talent in them, and a lot of the development producers as well. Like, a lot of people who've come from live work and then moved into commissioning or whatever, and it just it just feels so short sighted. Yeah, and it's um, yeah, you just have breakage of this, wouldn't you? If, yeah, uh, you also, were going to be for... fair, came off the live set. Yeah, so although I, I don't think yeah. he was as live circuit as others, I feel like oh. when you watch him, you can tell that he has never had the threat of being punched in the face by an audience <laughs> member, can't you? And you really? watch his, his stuff. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's why he says okay. all the stuff he does, right? Because oh, like, yeah. you didn't have to wait at a train station amongst all of those people <laughs> that you were cutting off. <laughs> you didn't have to walk through the car park. You just booked a fucking theatre and preached to your audience. You never did a working men's club <laughs> in a village, did you, Ricky? <laughs> I'd pay for that now, to be honest. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> to see him. Yeah. <laughs> Slagging um, off the trans community when... Yeah, oh, my God, yeah. Trans daughter. <laughs> oh, God, these bloody men, honestly. Oh, God, I know. Just shut up and stay in your lane. I know. <laughs> um, I saw a clip of a bit of a podcast with three male comedians who mm. I think must have been talking about trans rights, but they were like... And I was like, what exactly is a cervix? And one of them goes, I think it's a micro, I thought it was a microchip or something. Ha 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 ha. They all laugh about it. I'm like, oh god, <laughs> your ignorance, you're not even trying to hide it. No. <laughs> and it's not Talking even about like... women's bodies. <laughs> you can't even like you're not even embarrassed about it. Yeah. Everybody else's. <laughs> There's a, a German word for when you feel embarrassed on behalf of somebody else. Um, <laughs> I, I can't remember. You can Google it though. Oh. And um, I, yeah, I feel that, uh, you know, when everyone's like, have you heard Joe Rogan podcast? <laughs> uh. Oh, God, no. I went on a date and someone asked me that in the first five minutes. He was like, so you listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, don't you? And I was like, no. <laughs> you know, you're like, this isn't going to go well, is it? Yeah. Shall we just end it here? Yeah. <laughs> I might just get back on the tube, actually, mate. Sorry. Yeah, before we order a drink, let's just set ourselves a fiver. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I think that that is pretty much... Um, our time um but this is this has been lovely thank you for being on thanks for having me what what where can people find you what what would you like to plug 
Um, I'm doing a work in progress of my new show slash new material on the 26th of November. Nice. Wait, let me check that. <laughs> is it 25th or is it 26th they sound very similar don't they so they are close mm. together yeah it's the 26th um yeah. of november at two north down with davina bentley nice um, yeah um and also i will be doing my show ellipsis again at vault festival in march on the hold on let me just i should probably memorize these things shouldn't i that would be <laughs> really helpful there are um, so many dates in the year, though. There it's are. It's hard that to remember true. individual ones. Um, March 18th, 19th, and 20th, I'm doing Ellipsis again. So it was a show that was on at um, Ed Fringe this summer. Um, yeah. And I am, you can find all dates and all gigs. Um, I'm on the Elder Millennial Social, so Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'm at <laughs> Irresponsible. I'm not on TikTok because I am old (laughs) and I don't know how to work it. (laughs) I am an adult. (laughs) I mean, I was just full respect for anyone my age who can actually work out how to use it, frankly. (laughs) Yeah, I don't have that much video content. Who's video? No, 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 I don't either. Okay. <laughs> um, I also a while ago tried to use Snapchat because someone told I was I couldn't use it, and then someone told mm-hmm. me that they'd made it difficult to use for old people. So then I was like, well, I'm going to have to learn to use it now. <laughs> and I spent a day being like, nah, I can't do it, and then I was like, you're just going to have to accept old age. Um, oh. <laughs> I have. <laughs> you know. I remember when I was in college, people using Snapchat, and it was literally used. Just for sending pictures of tips. That was, yeah. <laughs> like that is what the it might as well have been called tips app, you know? <laughs> because it deletes the picture. I don't understand why you would use it for it. There are so many other things. No, um apparently at Ed Fringe, the assembly bar staff, yeah. their communication group was on Snapchat. What? Not WhatsApp. No. Why? Facebook Messenger. I I don't know. I mean, obviously, I don't know because I cannot use it. So <laughs> got, me neither. Got no I have idea. To, and if I worked there, I'd be like, "Sorry, can someone just text message me, please?" Like, what shift I'm working? Like, <laughs> email. I'll just send you a picture of my tits back. <laughs> <laughs> Madness. <laughs> oh. There's a story I told you I was going to tell you about about my day job. Um, oh, yeah. I felt like I should save this for the podcast. As it was happening, I was like, this is a good podcast tale. Um, and I really feel like I should shoehorn it in at the end. Do it, yeah. Um, so I, 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 should t- I love my job. I love my day job mm-hmm. at the minute. <laughs> um, however, sometimes uh, stool samples uh, come in. And, and typically they don't come by post. Um, because they're unusable if they come by post. Um, but I came into work the other day to find an envelope of shit on my desk. <laughs> and, and it's, I should say, I work in a hospital, so it is, le- I think it's the only job where it isn't a statement. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I mean, I don't know what bin you put that in. <laughs> it's like, 
Is it recycling? <laughs> Compost? <laughs> yeah. Is it the standard one? <laughs> so I just had this envelope of feces on my desk for wait a was it in a in a tube or anything yeah it was in a container praise okay. be <laughs> but, um, <laughs> at least they got that bit right <laughs> they did they got the vessel correct also did they when, so it was on your desk yeah did they come in and leave it there or did someone post it from like the post room Oh, yeah, it came from the post room. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I think everybody was aware of what it was. <laughs> They're just like, <laughs> Catherine's not here yet. <laughs> Deal with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I how don't know. How should he? I assumed it's a man, but how should they have brought it in by hand? Uh, yeah, you, you typically hand deliver it to the lab, right? Um, where they're equipped to deal with that kind see, of thing, yeah. <laughs> and not just to a random office <laughs> <laughs> uh, filled with, you know, waitresses that lost their job and ended up turning their hand to admin <laughs> because of a pandemic. <laughs> Um, I'm not sure. So I'm just going to say this, and you can cut it if you don't like it. <laughs> I did. Um, I got on a booster trial in June, so I got my nice. first jab in January. Yeah, I trained to do vaccinations, and um, oh. they. So because when they were doing the booster jabs or the the trial for the booster jabs, they needed people who'd had early vaccines, and they wanted more people in their thirties to come forward. Yes. Oh my god, she's in her thirties. What? Um, <laughs> and so I went and did. I got went and got my my booster jab in um, June, but when they give it to you, they have to check you're pregnant. You're not pregnant, yeah. and they check it on the day they give it the day the week before, the day they give it to you, and the week after. And so you have to go and do like give a urine sample, yeah, um, which I would do. But then obviously it wasn't like a normal clinic, um, mm-hmm. and it's not really like set up like a normal clinic would be like okay fine you go into this room you do that and then you hand it into this slot or the lab or whatever yeah because it goes out with all of your bloods and everything right you do the urine sample and then you like have to sit and wait in the corridor with it in your hands Uh (laughs) (laughs) turns out nothing up to an hour (laughs) (laughs) you're just sat there with it and you're like okay I don't know whether to like to do I need to give this one you know you should just hold on to that actually please until they, until they take you in <laughs> okay sure yeah. no problem like okay but really oddly like what oddly revealing you was just like they're like okay that's my, that's my way like. <laughs> going cold yeah. does, it, does it go off at all or no no you can still use it in a bit okay sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> also like, like i no, i've told you i'm i'm definitely definitely not pregnant like they're like no no we still need to do the test and you'd be like i mean cool <laughs> genuinely it would yeah. be book worthy a miracle <laughs> i said the most uh the worst urine sample i've ever had to give um was this is a-, a whole new podcast series catherine i think we should, we should do a <laughs> urine sample the podcast (laughs) 
I was at this walk-in centre. So I'd had um, I had a, a, a series of bladder infections. Yeah. And so I'd had to leave work. I'd spilt beans down myself, um, yeah. which just... <laughs> a good start. Yeah, it adds, I, I just, it adds to the layer of humiliation. Yeah. And, uh, I, I had to go to a walk-in centre and um, they, they're like, here's the piss pot. And the only toilet was a big disabled toilet. So it had a door mm. that opened directly into the waiting area, which was very full. Uh, Lovely. And it swung both ways in and out and it didn't lock. <laughs> and and I was hovering over this tube. <laughs> and it's the tensest I've ever been. And <laughs> thankfully nobody came in. And I just had to sit there covered in beans with this jar of piss <laughs> again for like you maybe an hour and then I went in and the doctor just looked at me like I was such a piece of shit and I'm like I feel it too <laughs> <laughs> but he did give me antibiotics <laughs> <laughs> well some of your misery yeah in two to three days it was all just a wonderful memory (laughs) (laughs) and on that note (laughs) uh, it's been a pleasure Isabel thank you so much for having me (laughs) goodbye